From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in fact, in the heart of Middle Tennessee in the greater Nashville area, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Today is a very special day in America. It's a holiday. We have uh, what we call Labor Day, and it is supposed to celebrate the working men and women who help to make everything work in the country. I'm so grateful that a lot of you get up, you go to work, you hold down a job, you produce something, you make the country run on schedule, you make it run on time, and all of us would be in dire straits if it were not for the working men and women. I'm telling you, we wouldn't have things to eat, we wouldn't have a lot of things if it were not for those who get up and uh, put lazy on hold and just go to work every single day. And I know holidays are good. We enjoy them, and I trust you'll enjoy this one today. Now, for the last uh, several weeks, we've been working our way through the highlights of the book of Philippians, and uh, we're down now to the final two segments of that. And today we're going to look at verse number 8 in chapter 4, and I'll be reading that and talking to you about some final orders that are given here in this passage today. Now, let me remind you, the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference is coming up November 11-12. That's a Friday night and a Saturday, and it is cram-packed with good things, wonderful door prizes that the men always enjoy, and uh, at the same time, a lot of good things, good teaching, good preaching, good music, and great fellowship. November 11 and 12, check out our website for the details. That's to be found at swordofthelord.com. I trust you'll do so, and we look forward to seeing many of you guys here because we have men come from all over the country. Now, let's get right to our study today, Philippians chapter number 4, and we're looking at verse 8. This one says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue... If there be any praise, think on these things. And then verse 9 says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, yesterday, we noticed that verse 7 said, We could have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Well, here we're told that the God of peace will be with us. He will go with us if we simply follow some directions here. And since this is right down near the end of this book of Philippians, I'm just calling these some very special final orders. And I believe they are very special orders. In fact, if you look back where we've already been and working through the book of Philippians, there are other passages that really are orders. Like, for instance, chapter 1, verse 10, he said that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. That just telling us, you know, you and I don't need to let mediocrity be our lot. Chapter 2, verse 3, he says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. 
that's a key principle there. Uh, we really must not just spend our life in conflict with our fellow Christians in our local church. We need to be on page together with them. We have an order there about that. Uh, in chapter number 2 as well, in verse 12, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, remember, you got to have something before you can work it out. And so if you have salvation, he says, just put it to work. And that's an order. Uh, we get over into chapter 3, and uh, he tells us to remember that our conversation is in heaven. We have, we have status there. We have identity there. And uh, we are to be looking for the Savior. So we have orders about all those kinds of things. Now we get down near the end of chapter 4 and near the end of the epistle. And in verse number 8, he says, finally... Now, he's just saying, I've got one final statement to make here. And he makes it again, to whom? To the brethren. He's talking to these sons and daughters in the faith, these folks who are saved and serving the Lord in that church in Philippi. And so he identifies several things that ought to be on our mind. Because right at the end, he says, think on these things. So what is it that we ought to have in our mind, on our mind, what should we be meditating upon? What should we be concentrating on mentally? Well, he says, whatsoever things are true. Well, where do we find truth? We find truth in the Bible. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the truth. So we need to know about Jesus. We need to focus upon him. That's true. Uh, we learn also in other passages that the Lord provides his truth. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 23, the Bible says, by the truth and sell it not. So you and I have every reason, whatever is true, to focus on that and to think on that. Then he says, whatsoever things are honest. Well, you know, we live in a world where lying is epidemic. And Christians, if they will do what they're supposed to do and be honest, I mean, you'll stand out in a strong way simply because there is so much untruth, so much dishonesty going on. And whenever you become known as a Christian who is an honest person, you're going to be miles ahead. I mean, it's going to make a great difference. Then it says, whatsoever things are just. Well, some things are unjust. Some things are unfair. Some things are unreasonable. Some things ought to not in any shape or form or fashion be a part of how you deal with other people. You need to be just in your dealings with other people. Then he says, whatsoever things are pure. Well, once again, the antithesis of purity is impurity. And we have lots of impurity going on all about us. But the sons and daughters of God, we've, we're getting orders here, special final orders about doing things the Lord's way. And he says, whatsoever things are pure, think on that. That means you need to throw out all the garbage television. That means you need to be careful about what you do on the internet. You need to be careful about where you go in the conversations that you listen to. And then he says, whatsoever things are lovely. Well, I've heard it said, you know, everything's beautiful in its own way. Well, that may be true about some things, but there's a lot of ugly around as well. And you and I have to get ourselves focused so that we just determine it's the lovely things that are going to become a part of us. And then he says, if there be anything of good report, 
I mean, let's pay attention to reputations. Let's pay attention to uh, how things are set forth and the things that are reported well. Then we have reason to look at them carefully. And then he says, if there be any virtue, talking about character, talking about how that we relate to uh, the things of the world, and if things are not virtuous, that is, if they are of ill character, we ought to leave those alone. But we need to deal with the kinds of things that our walk will be clean. And then he says, if there be any praise, well, you know, we have to be careful to see what people are talking about, see what they're bragging about, see what they are rejoicing about. And uh, if they are praiseworthy, then what do we do? We think on those things. Now, you say, what's the deal here with getting all of this focused in our mind? Well, I've said it, and I've said it right here at this microphone more than once. Your thinking always impacts your doing. And if you get your thinker thinking right, your doer will do right. And so we have to be sure that if our behavior is going to be becoming the gospel, as the verse says over here earlier in Philippians, if we're going to be becoming to the gospel of Christ, if we're going to be becoming to the Christian testimony that we ought to have, then all of that is going to start with us thinking like we ought to think, thinking straightly, thinking clearly, thinking scripturally. All of that makes a difference. And then verse 9, he says, you've, you've learned these things. You have learned what's true, what's just, what's honest. You've learned these things. He said, you have received those. You know that they are right. You've not debated those at all. And he said, you've seen them in me, talking about the Apostle Paul. And by the way, it's always good. In fact, it's real good. Whenever you have a mentor, you have an example that has been set in front of you by someone that you can just say, I know what they would do. I know how they would handle that. I know what they would tell me to do. And what he says is, you have seen me do these things. Talking about the things that are praiseworthy and virtuous and of good report, lovely, pure, just, honest, true, etc. All of these things. He says, you've seen me do these things. So now then, what does he say? You've seen me do it. You've learned about it. You've received it. He says, just do it. And dear friend, if you get to thinking on all of these things, and that is what absorbs your mind, then the doing of these things will, I mean, it'll just come. It'll happen. You get your mind under control, you get your mind headed right, and everything else will come along as it needs to. And we have the promise here. You do that, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know, sometimes we talk about the power of God and how that he is omnipotent. Uh, we talk about the omniscience of God, meaning his knowledge, and that he is all-knowing. And uh, somewhere along the way, we need to understand the presence of God as well. And to know that when you and I do as we ought to do, when we serve him as we ought to serve him, when we do the kinds of things that are laid out here in this passage, in these special final orders, whenever we do that, the Lord agrees to go along with us. He agrees to be present with us, and he will do for us many times what we cannot do for ourselves. I like the Great Commission because right at the end of it, in Matthew 28, verse 20, uh, he says that he will be with us even unto the end of the world. And when we follow his bidding, do his orders, do what he would have us to do, then we are in a strong position to have him present with us. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at this book of Philippians. 
we're seeing the orders that the Lord has laid out for us, and there's others that I did not go back and rehearse uh, at the outset today. But here in this passage, we have what I'm just simply calling special final orders. And if you and I will get focused on what's true, what's just, what's honest, what's pure, what's lovely, what's of good report, what's virtuous, and what's praiseworthy, if we get focused on that, get our minds set on that, it will make such an impactful difference in us personally that other people will notice it. In fact, your testimony will be in much stronger position. I mean, if you try to witness to somebody and you don't have these things in place, they're going to spot it. I mean, if not immediately, they will. If they hang around you, if you have vulnerabilities on any one of these points, they will spot it and your testimony of witness to them will uh, really, it'll be nullified. It will be put in a very, very untenable position simply because that you don't have these final orders in place. The Lord expects some good things of us, and he lays them out very clearly here. He expects us to be a testimony that is worthy of his name. And even though we're human beings, all of us are sinners, none of us are perfect. But at the same time, if we get headed right, if we get thinking right, then we can begin doing right. And when we begin doing right, all at once our testimony begins to have some impact whenever we witness to people. And we ought to be witnessing to people. We ought to be telling them, Jesus died on the cross. He arose from the grave. He paid the sin debt that all of us owe. And because he did that for us, we can be saved and they can be saved. And it's our privilege to tell the testimony of that every step of the way, every day of our life. And we do that because we are excited about it. And I want you to know it is important that you and I nail down these final orders and approve the things that are excellent, as he said in chapter 1, and in so doing, our testimony will be strong when we witness. Now, tomorrow, we have one more session here in the book of Philippians, and I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, write me a note, ask about the men's conference, or get online and check it out at our website at swordofthelord.com. I'd love to send you a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper, and I trust that you will, in fact, ask for it. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day. Goodbye for now.